Welcome to the Nerdy Merc, where you will find all things comic books, culture, current events, and the like. This is Jeff, and I am the Nerdy Merc. Make sure you like the podcast, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Notwithstanding, we are prepared to move forward with the civil portion of this case, because the Jor Mercer must be held accountable for the life he took. The city must answer for their role in hiring people like him. Their answer must consist of more than them thinking that Drajan was nothing, that his life didn't matter, that he was just another superhuman 150 pound black man who could withstand more than a dozen bullets and a taser and still with his head hanging half off, get up, turn over and shoot bullets that no one sees while using his dark magic to conjure a mass hallucination. Now, of course, they're trying to portray him in this light. I don't know if you caught the name early on. Uh, the name that she mentioned was Drejan Reed, and the she was a woman who's referred to as P uh, Fatima, presumably from the law firm of Fatina Johnson, from which this live video was was recorded. They did a press conference uh, via live video. Uh, with the Indy Star, Fox 59, and, you know, all the local the local press people. To include WFYI, which is from where I got this article. The article was posted on the 14th and titled, Attorneys for Family of Drejan Reed Speak Out on Grand Jury Decision. Now, in it, and I don't have time to play this whole video. The whole video is, like, it's almost 40 minutes long. And there's some Q&A at the end. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what they say. I'm going to play a little bit of audio from it. And yeah, so remember this was the, the, the shooting that the grand jury case came out for in Indianapolis last week. And it was followed by a almost a just about as long presentation from Indiana State Police regarding the presentation of the evidence in that case. They showed exactly all the evidence that they, that, that they presented to the grand jury. The grand jury, now keep in mind, the grand jury is made up of people from the community. You know, it's not made up of anyone who's elected. It's not made up of anyone, no one knows who the grand jury is. And in my opinion, it's kind of cowardly. It seems like uh, prosecutors use grand juries when they don't want to put their hands or put their names on something. It's like, well, we're just going to refer to the grand jury. And instead of the prosecutor bringing charges, they say, you know, because it's a high, usually because it's a highly volatile, volatile or controversial case like this one, even though it shouldn't be. But. So, in my opinion, you know, referring it to a grand jury is kind of cowardly. But they referred it to the grand jury. The grand jury is made up of people from the community. So, this is who came up with this decision. Now, one of the claims that they made in this, and I'm quoting, I typed it right as, right as they said it, Drejan's family was denied justice. That Drejan will not be afforded the privilege of finding justice inside of a criminal courtroom. End quote. This is narrative. And the reason that Drejan didn't get the justice in a courtroom that they wanted him to get is because he committed a forcible felony against another person who happened to be a police officer trained to respond with lethal force in that case. Drejan Reed controlled the outcome. If Drejan Reed had simply pulled over, if Drejan Reed had not had decided to not run, if Drejan Reed had 
had decided to not shoot at officers, and we're going to get into that because obviously that's a big part of this. He'd be in jail. Well, he might be in jail right now. He might be free. Marion County is a pretty, you know, fast-swinging, revolving door in the criminal justice system. He might have been on the streets again, shooting at other neighborhoods in another drive-by. He is he is the one who decided the outcome. He is now this is one thing that that you see people a lot like cops should not be judge, jury and executioner. Well, they're not. They're not, but they are allowed to defend themselves. And there's only one instance or one set of circumstances that applies where a police officer can shoot and a civilian cannot. And that is of the fleeing felon rule. Now that was decided in Tennessee v. Garner or Garner v. Tennessee, one of those two. But cops can, uh, in under certain circumstances, shoot fleeing felons in the back if you know. And and there's some more qualifying criteria for that. But it says absolutely. Now this is assuming that the fleeing felon has absolutely nothing else. Like he's not turning and shooting at police. He's not shooting off into a crowd in front of him as he's running from the cop. This is assuming that the only thing the felon is doing is fleeing. So it's completely inapplicable here. But any other time, like police officers meet the same set of criteria. They have to meet the same set of criteria to pull out their gun and start shooting as you or I do. At least here in the state of Indiana. They, they meet the same criteria. And when someone presents a lethal threat against you or against someone else, and in Indiana, we have good Samaritan law. You can apply that same logic or that same set of laws to you defending someone else. It doesn't just have to be you. So when someone presents that lethal threat, that lethal threat has to be dealt with in that moment. That's not a judge-jury-executioner conversation. That's an in-the-moment conversation. There's a threat. That threat has to be neutralized before we can move on to the judge, the jury, and the executioner conversation. Okay? Police don't just have to say, oh, well, he's shooting. He deserves his day in trial. Therefore, I must get shot. That is incredibly asinine uh, method of thinking. They moved on. They also claimed 10 eyewitnesses were consistent that Drejan was tased. He fell. Oh, sorry. I'm quoting here. Drejan was tased. He fell. He was shot while still shaking on the ground. He did not shoot back. Well, that was a thoroughly disproven lie. There was video evidence of shell casings flying through the air on his Facebook Live video that could only have come from a gun fired from him or like within, you know, a foot or two of him, which officer Mercer was not. So yeah, good luck squaring that circle. Um, so they move on and kind of in a sort of a background context about systemic racism. Uh, they decided to re- to regurgitate the now proven lie of Brianna Taylor being shot while she slept in her bed, which wasn't true at all turns out like that was and and we didn't find that out for like six months i don't know why but even if it was true that has absolutely zero to do with a man running from and shooting at police 
Okay, I'm, I'm not quite sure the argument you're trying to make here. Oh, unless you're just trying to show that the system is bad, which is kind of ties into the next thing she said, which was, we know that the system is functioning as intended and fully operational. This is a quote. In doing what it was meant to do, in acquiring justice for some, but not for all. Oh, oh, okay. And then, you know what? The next one ties into, the next quote ties into that as well. What does it matter that there are good cops when the bad ones roam with impunity? End quote. Okay, so, because there are a very, very small amount of bad cops. And that's true. That's demonstrably true. There are just a very, very small percentage of bad You're never going to get rid of them all. Okay, tell me one industry that ha- that has successfully gotten rid of all the the douchebags in their ranks. Okay, whether it's you know IBM, does IBM even still exist? Okay, well Apple, whether it's Apple or Google or the New York State Police or or freaking your local your local mom and pop shop down the excuse me down the road. Okay. Have any of them ever successfully purged all of the the crappy employees from their ranks? No. Okay. So she's saying that what does it matter that there are good cops when the bad ones roam with impunity? That statement right there is designed 100% to malign all cops. Period. There's no real, there's, I don't know how else to take that. Because you can always claim, like, if you're going to say, like, Officer Mercer has shown absolutely nothing that, uh, that, that would suggest that he's a bad cop. Even this shooting, this shooting was 100% justified according to the actual evidence, not your emotions, uh, Ms. Johnson, the evidence. Am I supposed to say Esquire there? I think Esquire is related to lawyers, yeah? Anyway, but if you sit there and just refute the evidence, you refuse to acknowledge the evidence uh, and still say he's a bad cop and, and then say, what does it matter that there are good cops when bad ones roam with impunity? Well, then please show me who the, who the good cop is. Because every single one of them would have made probably a similar decision. Now, okay, I'm going to say almost all of them probably would have made a similar decision. You should tell me they're all bad. Okay, so every time that there's a shooting of someone who, who has a... You know what? No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to make my claim. I'm, I'm putting my flag in the ground right now. What she is saying that every time that there is a shooting by a police officer, doesn't matter the color of the police officer, which in this case was a black man as well, uh, every time that there is a shooting by a police officer of, of someone who is a skin color similar to hers, and of course, uh, Miss Fatima Johnson is a black woman, um, that's automatically a bad cop. That's a bad shooting. So, boom, all cops are bad. Now, we know that the system is functioning as intended, back to another quote, is fully operational and doing what it was meant to do and acquiring justice for some but not for all. So now you already, you've already laid out the groundworks that all cops are bad based on, you know, even if you have one or two in the ranks, all cops are bad. doesn't matter if they're good cops when you have some that are bad. So all cops are bad. Uh, we know the system is functioning, which is designed to give justice for some but not for all. So now you have all cops are bad and a dysfunctional system. What you're telling me is that you want the system burned down to the ground and rebuilt in some way that you uh, approve of. Okay. 
Um, I, I'm not really sure how that coincides with, uh, um, you know, the idea of, of uh, in the Constitution where they talked about a more, you know, moving forward to create a more perfect union. Okay, this system is far better than it was 80 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. It's getting better by the day. And rather than come back with, you know, hey, these are systemic changes that we think need to come in place. Like, I can agree to, you know, um, the, the, no knees on necks for eight minutes and 42 seconds or 46 seconds or however long it was. I can totally agree on that. Um, I, I can't imagine that there is a situation where that would have been necessary for that long, even in the George Floyd case. What what's wrong with with saying proposing something like that and then we having a conversation about it? But to come out and say basically uh, all cops are bad, the system is doing exactly what it's designed to do uh, by protecting bad cops and not giving justice for all. Therefore, you know she doesn't come out right and say it, but I mean you can only come to the logical conclusion that her idea is to completely tear down the system. And I I, I have no idea what she wants to build it with, but I bet that. It's going to be some. I bet that it would be something completely different than what we currently have. All right, they um, they heavily reference the Indiana State Police video conference, which mentions which mentions the stolen gun, and the evidence that they try to claim about that is that he flew from te- now. They're trying to cast doubt on the whole stolen gun thing. Um, is that he flew from Texas to Indiana with all of his stuff, so it must be legal. Well, I've flown with guns before. Airlines aren't in the business of checking on the legality of firearms. There isn't a cop right there standing next to the counter to check run serial numbers when you check in firearms in your luggage. Okay, so that's that's a ridiculous argument to make. They also focus heavily on Officer Mercer firing first. Now, it's highly possible. But it's also highly irrelevant, as there is highly irrelevant, as there is no requirement for someone to be actively shooting before lethal force is authorized for use. If I witness you pointing a gun at someone or charging someone with a baseball bat, I don't have to wait until you pull the trigger or you brain that person before I can engage. If you're committing a forcible felony defined in the Indiana Code as as which forcible felony means a felony that involves the use or threat of force against a human being or in which there is imminent danger of bodily injury to a human being um i don't have to wait for you to actually commit the act that would injure me or someone else before i can stop you okay because in here in in the statute uh involves the use or threat of force well if you see someone reaching for a gun, that's threat of force. Now, they mentioned there's a there's a clip I'm going to play for you here. Uh, just, I'm gonna, give me leave me a second. Let me find it. The message is don't put people in this position again. And if you keep putting people in this position, then the consequences thereof are on you. Uh, no, the consequences thereof are on Drejan Reed. Okay, they talk. They're they're trying to put all of the accountability and responsibility on IMPD and the officers right there, and taking all of it one hundred percent completely away from the guy who was actually responsible for the outcome of this incident. Drejan Reed just falls to the ground with his hands out, probably doesn't get shot. Drejan Reed 
calmly exits his vehicle, he definitely doesn't get shot. He's in jail right now awaiting trial. Uh, so nice spin on the consequences, but I see you. Got one more quote to finish with. I think that he's going to have um, a lot of trouble staying, <clears throat> um, staying in his job, staying in his house, staying in his life, and going about um, town as if everything's normal. That is uh, Fatima Johnson talking about Officer Mercer. I'm sorry, that's a threat. Going, like how, she said, I don't think he's going to be able to stay in his home. Okay, that, that right there, that, cor- that correlates with uh, the, the, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa tactics of going to people's homes and harassing them. At the beginning of this video, uh, she mentioned that she's very insulated from all this. Well, I certainly hope so. But I also certainly hope she has informed the family of recent changes to Indiana law regarding the assumption of innocence if charges are not brought, which is the case here, and that they will owe the city's attorney costs if they pursue this course of action. Of course, none of this really matters if the city settles out of court, which means that my tax dollars and yours, if you live in Marion County, will go to the family of an oxygen thief that has been proven to have participated in not one, but two drive-by shootings that we know of. Aren't you glad you're helping make the family of a criminal rich when you're probably wondering how you're going to put food on your table or pay your rent? Nice, right? Well, that's the end of this segment. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, give me a call, 317-978-NERD. That's 317-978-6373. Find me on all the social medias or go to the website, www.nerdymerc.com. Make sure you stick around for the next segment and thank you for listening.